Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 132-121 loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Have a solo pod here today. I apologize if the energy's a little bit lower than usual. Feeling pretty under the weather today, but still gotta bust out this reaction video because the Toronto Raptors are coming off a game which was arguably one of the best games of the season, beating the Brooklyn Nets and their obviously super team they're forming over there in New York. But the Toronto Raptors came out tonight on the second night of a back-to-back -back and just didn't really have the energy. They played well to start in this one, but once the, the midway through the second quarter came, they were fighting from behind the whole time, and I'm not discouraged about this loss. I want to get that out of the way with the start. When you're going up against a motivated team, the Atlanta Hawks just lost uh, their last three games, so they wanted to come into this one raring to go, get a W against the Raptors, a team that they're fighting for a position in the Eastern Conference with. They're, the Raps and the Hawks have very similar records. The Hawks at 11-12 and 12 right now, the Raptors at 10-13. and 13. So these are teams that are going to be fighting for playoff position right now, and the Hawks came out motivated. The Raptors obviously looking pretty out of gas especially in that fourth quarter down the stretch the team just really didn't have a lot going for it so I, I get this loss it is what it is it's tough to sort of drill out these wins on second nights of back-to-back -back, especially against good teams that are really motivated but we'll dive into the players we'll we'll talk about some of the positives in this one the first player we got to talk about is Chris Boucher 29 points a career high for Chris Boucher 29 points 10 rebounds 2 blocks and this is the ideal matchup for Chris Boucher. Obviously, no big lumbering center out there to sort of bully him down low, knock him around a lot in the paint, and even though he does take some hits, and he's certainly not afraid of the aggression, when a team has the, the thinner, the lighter players on the other the end, like Clint Capella, John Collins and stuff, Chris Boucher can really throw his weight around, finish over the top of them, work in the post, and tonight the threes were going down. Riker and I brought up on previous podcasts how... Chris Boucher, we don't mind uh, him being out the court, not knocking down the threes or whatnot, but he got to come out there with the energy, looking to attack, looking to drive, and then when the threes go down, that's just icing on the cake. And tonight, he had 2 of 4 from the three-point line, 10 of 13 from the field. So doing the stuff we like to see from Boucher, 7 of 13 from the free-throw line, which is kind of interesting, pretty low for a guy that, in theory, is a solid shooter. So, I don't know, I was really impressed with his performance tonight, and after that really hot stretch of games that Boucher had that put him onto the map, allowed us to wave Alex Len and sort of give that backup center role to Boucher, he sort of cooled off from that point. And we were wondering if Boucher would really be that consistent piece for this team that he sort of branded himself as being. And nights like tonight give us a lot more hope about him going forward and him being able to get command a solid part of the rotation because Aaron Baines clearly isn't that guy that's going to be reliable night in, night out. So you want at least one big man that you can sort of count on to be uh, giving you buckets in the paint, stretching the floor, doing these sorts of things, provide solid defense. And Boucher has to step in that role. And the performance tonight is indication that he's taken another step in that direction. So hopefully more consistency from Boucher, but certainly a strong night, strong performance for him. Uh, another player I want to talk about, Fred Van Vliet, who uh, 6 of 18 from the field, but still had 25 points, 10 assists, and overall, I thought played a solid game. I think the Toronto Raptors as a whole looked a bit tired, looked a bit, a bit gassed, as I brought up earlier in the pod. But Fred Van Vliet, he sort of tried to push through it and down the stretch of this one, hit a couple shots that kept the, the Raptors sort of in it. Him and Lowry hit a couple of nice ones. Lowry only had nine points tonight after his ridiculous performance against the Nets, but that's pretty reasonable. But 
I don't know. I, I think there was a solid performance from the guys. I'm not sort of overreacting or underreacting to these box scores. Norman Powell had 20 points, and 105 from the three-point line, he's had a really tremendous... I looked at the stats. He's shooting about 42% from the three-point line in the season, so nice, nice to see Norman Powell come back into form after a slow start to the year. Not in the threes, but was able to slash. Missed a couple bunnies that would have really... Helped the Raptors on their make a little momentum swing and get this game back at the end of this one. But unfortunately, couldn't get those to go down. The Raptors, that just comes with fatigue. Missing shots, missing shots you usually make. Just sort of halfway in the drives. It is what it is. It's a, it's a similar theme with all of the players tonight. Uh, Pascal Siakam, 15 points, 6 rebounds. 6 of 15 from the field. Not the greatest Pascal Siakam by, game by any means. But had a couple blocks, uh, 3 steals in this one. So hit a 3 as well. Pascal Siakam hit a corner three at the start of this game. He has uh, very much struggled from out there in the past, as of late, and it's nice to see him get one to go down. Obviously, we want him playing inside out, but when the playoffs come around, he's going to need to be able to just sort of not let the defense sort of disrespect him like we saw tonight. John Collins was sagged off him for a long stretch of this game when he was on defense, and Siakam's doing his dribble moves. I like the aggression, but... You know, the three-point shot, just having that threat out there is is useful and beneficial. Obviously, we don't want him relying on it, but it would be nice to see him get a couple to go down. So it was nice to see one go down. Hopefully, that projects further into the future because he's a guy that shot 37% from three last season, only 28% this year and on a less volume. So I'm sure he'll bounce back. The law of averages, he's bound to sort of make a, make a little comeback. He's looking like he's in better shape. He's looking a lot more energetic than he did at the start of the season. So... I don't know. I think Pascal Siakam will be fine. Uh, Aaron Baines, I'll leave for him for later. Nothing real notable. Uh, DeAndre Bembry came out and gave solid minutes once again. Hit two threes tonight, which is really encouraging. Because if he can be a consistent three-point shooter, that was the big question mark for him coming into this season. And now we've seen a couple games where he's been able to knock down a few shots from out there. And if he's capable of hitting those shots on a consistent basis, then... That mixed with his defense's slashing uh, slashing ability and the comfort he sort of has dribbling the basketball, making the right plays, I think he could be a real asset. And we brought up the sort of debate about who we'd like to see in the pecking order of him, Stanley Johnson, Utah. If Bembry's knocking down those threes at a high clip, I think I might have to put him pretty high in that, that order. Obviously, Utah's more of a, a big man and or a little bit taller, so he can guard the post a little bit better. And Stanley Johnson's a bit thicker, but... It's uh, it's nice to see Bembry knock down those shots, play with that energy and all those things. Uh, Stanley Johnson at 8 points, Terrence Davis at 7. Not the craziest of games. Stanley Johnson had a couple threes as well, so got to give credit there. But I'm not overreacting. I'm not underreacting to anyone in this. I feel like it's a schedule loss. Jack said on the broadcast that... You know, that, that this is how these games go. You sort of are, are projected to, to lose these back-to-backs when you're forced, when you're on the road. You just had a big emotional night. These are the ones you usually lose. And there's four or five games like this every season. I just like the fact that we kept fighting. We had the energy. It wasn't like a loss that we had at the beginning of the year where clearly you're worse than the other team. But it's more so just fatigue and that's maybe an excuse obviously the Raptors would have liked to get this one especially against a team as I brought up you're fighting for a, a seed a playoff seed with but I think the Raptors will be fine they're on a little win they just came off a little winning streak so we'll see if that momentum can carry on beyond this game so that's a that's about it for the players I guess we'll go back into we'll dive into the segments and tonight the spicy P lay of the day and 
night, there's nothing that crazy stands out. I might be missing a couple plays here or there. But in this one, I, I think just Lowry hitting, he hit one clutch shot down the stretch, and Fred Van Vliet hit one little pull-up, and there were moments where I thought the Raptors would sort of be able to bounce back and get the, the momentum going. Unfortunately, missed layups, open threes, miscommunications on defense. They let the Hawks sort of stay back in it, so kind of unfortunate for, for this one, and yeah, that is that is what it is, but not all plays can be the spicy PLA of the day, and some just make you say, oh, geez, and tonight, the OG play of the day, it's got to go down the stretch of this one as well, Pascal Siakam at the, the end of this game, obviously, we're, I'm not bagging on Pascal, because second night of a back-to-back, he's been solid as of late, he scored 30 points in the three of his last four games, so I don't want any Pascal slander on this pod, but the guy did have a couple drives. I think the Raptors are down by six at this point with about three minutes to go. Fred Van Vliet makes a great sort of look-ahead pass to Siakam with really only one guy in front of him. And he sort of, he does what he was doing. He did what he was doing at the beginning of the season where he wasn't driving to score. He was driving to sort of look for the fouls. And obviously when a defender goes straight up and you're out of control, sort of just looking for contact, it's... You're not going to get the call, and you're not going to make the bucket. So Siakam, obviously, we'd like to see him do more of just attacking the rim, looking to score. More of what we saw against the Brooklyn Nets, the Magic, and these teams. But I don't know. I'm not not getting down on Siakam. There's also another play down the stretch, which I think was less on Siakam, more on just Collins and Clint Capella's solid defense. They uh, they uh, took out another one of Siakam's trans- transition plays. They kind of look like fouls because Siakam ended up on the floor, but it's... Uh, they weren't when you looked at the replay. So those plays definitely made me say OGs. Oh, but finally, the infamous, the one, the only, Damare Carroll Gold Star Award. And yes, we had a we had a big rant about the referees in the last pod, so I don't want to reiterate that, but there's something going on with the referees around the NBA. I don't I'm not saying this just for the Raptors. I'm not saying that the the team uh, lost this game by any means because of the refs, but both sides there were some shady calls, some shady technicals being thrown out, so the NBA's got to clean that up. I'm not sure the veteran officials are just unwilling to ref now that the the league is sort of in a weird state. We're still living in a pandemic, so who knows? But it looks like even some of the veteran officials are making some weird calls, but not, that's enough diving into that. The guy that we do have to talk about is Aaron Baines. Only two points tonight. Two points, two turnovers, three fouls, and 15 minutes of action. One of five from the, three, uh, from the field, zero one from the three-point line, and... I don't know. It's it's really tough having Aaron Baines out there just struggling to really get things going. And Jack brought up a really good point on the broadcast saying that these half-court style of games, the Raptors were limited to, I think it was only seven or, or nine fast break points within the last two minutes of this one. So maybe they got a couple down at the end of it. But very few fast break buckets for the Raptors. And that forces you to play a half-court style offense. And that's something that this team just struggled with last year struggles vitally with particularly at the beginning of this season so at those times you would just really enjoy a player that you could sort of feed it into and get you easy offense and Aaron Baines just hasn't been able to provide that for this team Jack brought up Serge Ibaka but you can even look back to players like Jonas Valanciunas different different bigs different guys that can just create for you in the half court get you buckets in the mid-post area, around the rim, get offensive rebounds, and Ushay did a good job of finishing around the rim tonight, but it seemed like a lot of his buckets weren't easy buckets. They were, they were scoring over people, they were hustle rebounds and stuff, so 
I don't know. It's a it's another case of where we miss Serge Ibaka. We should have paid him, and I'm staying on this high horse. Riker's not here to argue with me about that, so I'll, I'll just, just roll with that and make my claim known. But anyways, you guys are the best to make this far. Uh, the This game, not not overreacting to it. We've got a shorter pod here. It's a solo pod. Sort of enough rambling about this one. The Raptors will bounce back. we got a, a lot of cool stuff to look forward to, but you guys are the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Check out the articles. Got articles being posted left, right, and center. And I forgot to mention at the beginning of this one, leave a like. It really helps out the channel. We figured that out. Leave a subscribe. We're on the road to 20,000 subscribers, so greatly appreciate it. And yeah, you guys are the best. Signing off. Cheers.